Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another yet one more exciting episode in our real estate journey. And today, zooming in from beautiful Beaumont, Alberta, we've got Mr. Cody Kelly, also known as Mighty Irish Home Investor. I love that name there, my friend. So, Cody, welcome on board. I I, I looked over the information you sent me ahead of time, and you've done some pretty cool stuff in a pretty short period of time. So, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, it's been a very interesting year for sure. All right. Well, let's let's unwrap that. So, how and why and when did you get into this whole wild and woolly world of real estate investing? You know what? It was. Uh, it's actually really interesting. Um, about a year ago, I was getting my hair cut, and my hairdresser was telling me about a guy that manages the hotel that the salon's in. And how he flips homes in Edmonton, and he made a hundred thousand on a flip he did. In my mind, I thought I can do that, and that's where this all started. So, so, so uh, at the time we're recording this, we're beginning of April, twenty twenty three. When did you get that haircut? Uh, it was about February or March of twenty twenty two. Wow! So literally, just over a year ago. So not yeah. even two years, just over a year ago. Okay, so you heard, hey get rich quick in real estate by flipping houses in Edmonton. How did you take that little nugget of information from your hairdresser and actually get going? Um, I started diving into the internet, started diving into Facebook and seeing what I could find. And I stumbled upon um, an Eventbrite meetup for Wayne Hillier's um, fix and flip meetup that he had. Nice. So ended up going down there and had no idea what I was walking into. Um, it was in a house, which was surprised me. I thought it would be like in a conference center or something like that. Um, walked into this house. I met Wayne for the first time and started running through the numbers. And I remember in my mind thinking, where am I going to get 220000 to do one of these? And <laughs> the, the first thing he said to me was, don't worry about the money. That's that's the easy part. And uh, and he is right. That's, that hasn't been the hard part for sure. All right. Well, okay. So that's the easy part. How did you, okay. First of all, just for people that aren't familiar with Beaumont, how far away is that from Edmonton? It's like 15 minutes. Right okay. So you're pretty close. So you yeah. just had to drive into town and you attended that first meeting. You're, you you got inspired by Wayne and the other folks in the room that are doing flips. You found out that you'd probably need around 200, 250 grand to do one of these things. He said, holy crap, where am I going to get that kind of money? Wayne said, don't worry about it. So you didn't, and you made it happen. Well, fill in the blanks for us a little bit there, Cody, because <laughs> most people yeah. are worried about where where's that money coming from. Well, and it's interesting, and that's been a, a an interesting evolution for me as well, because first of all, I started to go and talk to um, other people. I just started talking to everybody about real estate, people I worked with, people I met, people on the golf course, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I found out that trying to tell non-investors that you can take a house and you can put 200K into it or $100 or 100,000 worth of renovations and you're going to get 200,000 more out of it. It's very difficult. And I spent the first half of the year struggling to find money partners, uh, found a money partner, but then struggled to convince them to find the deal. And well, you wanted them to find the deal? No, or to convince them to um, fund, 
agree with agree with the deal let's say oh, okay you know, i agree with the level of renovations that were required and, uh, oh because they wanted to be involved they wanted their input they wanted yes got it yes. they didn't want to be passive they wanted to be active in the deal yes so um that didn't work out hmm. went six months of the year wasn't able to do it um and then i actually uh, i was in contact with wayne throughout that time and i was um listening to the morning show he's got the free morning show every day reading books and I decided to join the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. So I did that in August. Um, and from there, the, one of the first things that I learned was how to find joint venture partners. So I had, there's, there's lots of training on there through uh, Barry McGuire as well. And I learned how to do that. Um, and then I started to network. So now what I realize, and after finding that first joint venture partner and mm -hmm. using that to build my brand on the internet, um, you know, if you look at my Facebook or my Instagram, you're going to see all the details of all the projects I'm doing. And that brings people in. Um, but from there, I was able to understand, okay, all I got to do, if I need to find money, I go and talk to two to three new people a week. And usually within a couple of weeks, I can find the funds for the deal. Very cool. So I love that, Cody. You, you took massive action. You kind of tried your own thing for a while. Didn't really work out that well. You found out from folks that had experience, what works better for them. And now your consistent activity is connecting with two or three people a week. And eventually, you know, it, it takes a little while, but one of those will usually pan out to, to become an investor sooner or later. So I've heard lots of stuff and used to try and do this myself back in the day about the whole uh, 30 second elevator pitch or uh, your, your, real estate commercial type thing. How, what tips do you have for people, practical tips do you have for people to make those connections and turn those new relationships into joint venture partnerships? Well, I would say it's very tough to do in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's to have the elevator pitch. I would say your elevator pitch should just be to get a meeting with somebody. Mm. That's what you should try and do. And when you do have coffee or you jump on a Zoom call, the outcome should not be, hey, I need money. Mm. The outcome should be, you know, what do you need? What are you looking for? Tell me about yourself and then look for opportunities. When you find those opportunities, that's how you're going to find the money to fund your deals. Okay. So I've heard all of that before. Probably our, our listeners have heard a lot of that before. So what does that kind of look like? Like, to meet these two or three people a week, what are you typically doing to meet them? Are these online connections you're meeting, making? Are these offline connections? What does that kind of look like, Cody? So I do a lot of it through Facebook. Okay. Um, when I'm at when I'm at events, I'll, I'll connect with people. I'll add them on Facebook and send them a message after. When I'm listening to live podcasts or or live events, and I see people that I don't know on there. I will send them a message on Facebook and just say, hey, how are you doing? Um, after they respond, then we connect a little deeper and see if it's worth jumping on a call. Cool. All right. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So you're connecting with a lot of people on Facebook, just kind of testing the waters, feeling them out a little bit there on direct messages, and then converting that over into an actual face-to-face -face or Zoom-to-Zoom kind of call. It, it sounds like it's it's kind of like a discovery type call. Big picture. Walk us through what does that kind of look like for you? What do, what do you talk with people about? And how do you, if you do, how do you get it kind of turned around to real estate? 
So um, it's gotten a lot easier for me to do that just because of the things that I'm doing on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. Usually when I reach out to these people, I just start by asking them, you know, are you involved? Are you a real estate investor? Tell me a little bit about you, what you do. Usually that will lead to them asking what I do. Um, and I share the growth that I've had in this short amount of time. And people are more than willing to jump on a call. Cool. Um, so then when we do get on that call, it's more about... Like I said, understanding understanding what their needs are. There's a lot of new investors that are looking to invest money but have no idea how to do it, have no idea what's required to do it or how to find the deals, um, don't have a power team to complete the work. Lots of lots of issues that people run up against when they're first starting out. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I've found over the years, Cody, and more on the offline side of things. So at, at real estate investment clubs and meetups and and that sort of thing. It's usually the 80-20 rule. You got 20% are rockers and rollers like yourself actively out doing stuff. 80% are kind of sitting on the sidelines wishing they would could could get up the gumption to do stuff. They're either too busy or too scared to pull the trigger. Um, so those are perfect people to partner up with because they already drank the real estate Kool-Aid. You don't have to convince them that real estate's the, the way to go. They just don't know how to do it themselves. Would Would you say that that's kind of a good synopsis of what you're talking about there? A hundred percent accurate. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines that are scared, scared of the risk. Um, and that's one thing that I've not been, you know, why I've been very successful is I'm not scared. I just jump and I go um, on that point though. I do mitigate the risk. I do make sure <laughs> that I understand what I'm jumping into and try to understand what all the outcomes are going to be and, and have multiple exit strategies and all kinds of other things. Okay. Well then that brings us to a, a, our next point. What, what does your real estate investing business look like a year and a few months in? What what do you do real estate wise these days, Cody? So I actually just became a full-time real estate investor December 1st. Congratulations. Um, that was fast. Yeah, it was. What, what, what was your job before, if you don't mind sharing? I was a manager for Keurig Dr. Pepper. Okay. So it um, I managed a group of about 15 different staff members. I managed the building, the fleet, um, operations, that kind of thing. So had some background into some of this stuff, but uh, basically the biggest background I had is I understand how to run a business. Well, yeah, and you can juggle things and you can you can uh, delegate and you can manage people and you can manage outcomes. Lots of transferable skills from that job, that's for sure. All right, great. So congratulations, December 1st, you became full-time. So what does full-time look like for Cody? What did, what are you doing? What are you focusing on? Uh, so we're from focusing on uh, burrs and flips. Okay. And I have- in and, in and around Edmonton, is that your primary market? In and around Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, we are looking to expand maybe to some other cities, but uh, right now it's just the greater Edmonton area. Okay, cool. And burrs and flips, kind of similar. What's- are you kind of cherry picking the best ones to keep as the burr and, and just flipping the other ones or what's your, what's your philosophy around that? Yeah. So since December 1st, we're up to nine properties now. And um, we basically it's, it's, it's a numbers game, right? If the numbers are big enough for a flip, then we'll flip it. If the numbers are a little bit tighter, then we'll turn it into a burr. Now, the one thing right now is the rental market is just exploding in Edmonton. Yeah. It's uh, my rates are going up. I just got a two or three bedroom townhouse that I rented for sixteen fifty a month, and that has no basement. So it's just two stories. And how it's, many bedrooms? 
three bedrooms. A lot of people across the rest of Canada would go, holy smokes, that's a smoking deal. Yes, you're right. <laughs> they're getting, they're getting right. a two-bedroom basement suite for that kind of thing in, in Calvary, my friend, I tell you. So yeah, that's, but compared to what it was previously, that's outstanding, yeah. right? We yeah. were thinking 13 or 1400, we might be able to get to it for it. And um, what I did is I just posted a, posted a rate at a, at a high rate just to see what would happen. And my phone didn't stop ringing. Wow. Well, there you go. That's the importance yeah. of doing that market research and, and seeing, seeing what's going on there for sure. So, so you're doing burrs, you're doing flips of the nine properties you got on the go right now. How many of them are you going to hold and how many are you going to flip? Um, three, four of them, four of them we're holding on to the rest are flips. Okay. Very good. Good, good, good. Now you mentioned in the information that you sent ahead of time, Cody, that you're doing something a little bit different with property management as well. So you're, you're doing burrs, you're doing flips and you're doing a little bit of property management. I imagine for yourself, for your long-term rentals, but sounds like you're doing that for some other people in a creative way as well. So what, what does that look like? Yeah. So we're doing a no fee property management system. Ooh, um, that sounds sexy. <laughs> for sure. So the way it works is um, we take an equity stake in the property. So uh, you know it's around 20% usually. When you have a property manager, you're paying them 15%, but you also have vacancies. You also have lots of other things that you got to add onto there. When you have somebody that has an equity stake in the, in the property, then I'm going to make sure that you're making money because I want to be making money as well. Right. Because you're not, you're, instead of charging a 15% percent fee on gross rents and then nickel and diming everybody with move-in fees and repair stuff and all that kind of stuff. You're just saying, Hey, I'll, I'll get 20% of the cash flow as for managing the property. And I'll have 20% ownership in this, but I'm not going to charge a management fee. Is that what I'm understanding? Is that kind of how it works? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So 20% of the cash flow and then 20% of the mortgage pay down and everything else as it goes along. But very cool. So has anybody said, well, Cody, that, yeah, that sounds good, but you know, I had to come up with a hundred thousand dollars for a down payment for this, for this property. And here you are, you're going to jump in with 20% ownership. Are you, are you covering the owner's initial down payment or, or how does that work? Yeah, we are. So it's equity moving forward. Got it. All right. Well, that's much more attractive then. So, yeah. so you're basing your returns, your income, on number one, the cash flow of the property. So you're going to make sure you do everything to keep rents up and keep expenses down because that's how you get paid. And also you're going to do everything you can to make sure that the value of the property, as much as you can control that, is going up over time because that's really where your bigger payday comes is three, four, five years down the road. When they sell the property, you're getting 20% of the increased value. Is that, am I understanding that properly? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So the other thing that I bring to the game is I do an analysis of your property when we start and make sure that it's managed properly. So make sure that you have a proper reserve in place and different things like that, that we set up to ensure that, you know, you're not going to have any things that that's jumping out at us and we won't be able to cover that. Very cool. So I think it sounds like this is a newer kind of thing that, that you're, you're getting going. Um, who are you finding showing the most interest in this kind of creative new kind of property management uh, idea? Are they newer investors that just kind of got their first couple of properties and now they're going, oh shit, 
<laughs> I, I, I really don't want to deal with these tenants and toilets and, and all this kind of stuff. Or is it more the established investors that, that already have some experience under their belt? What are you finding? Yeah. It's accidental landlords. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. The ones that have to be, don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it will take some time. I think some more seasoned um, investors will see a positive in this, but mm-hmm. at the moment it's been accidental landlords for sure. Very cool. So how are you finding these people and how are they finding you? Is this, is this through your, your marketing efforts already for doing flips and, and doing burrs? You're finding off market deal type things. You're finding these motivated accidental landlords. Yeah, it's been through some networking and some uh, landlord pages is a good one. If yeah. you, you know, you got lots of landlords come up there that are asking questions that really maybe they should know the answer to or or something that's very easy to find, right? Reach out to those people and um and have a conversation. Solve their problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I can see there being a good demand for that kind of a service and that's uh that's a unique way to do it. I like that, Cody, because it really lowers your risk. You don't necessarily have to be going in there. You don't, you don't have to be going in there, buying the property, renovating it, doing all that kind of stuff. You're just stepping in as the management side of things and bringing your expertise to the table, increasing the value, stabilizing things and getting rewarded for the value you bring. I think that's really smart. Good on you for, for coming out with that idea. Thanks. Yeah, man. Awesome. So where do you see yourself? You know, you're, you're a few months in as a full-time real estate investor. Now, where do you see yourself in the next year or so, Cody? What are the plans? Well, um, the plans are to grow these businesses into some, into self-sufficient businesses. So I do have a partner on in my corporation and Mm -hmm. the goal will be to have him manage these businesses for me. And I will go grow another business. Does he know that? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's always good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, you know, at the moment he's got the easy side of it. I'm doing all the hard work to get it up and get it going. But, um, you know, in the end it will be a lot harder on his side for sure as he's just managing these things. Right. But yeah, um, to grow to a scale and to be self-sufficient, you really got to grow businesses instead of growing rentals or just just one or two things right like you can get rental properties but to get enough rental properties to replace my salary i'll need quite a few rental properties right yeah 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 and that's that's why the flips are so attractive right you do you you buy and renovate and keep one but that's not putting a hell of a lot of cash in your pocket day one it will over time it'll be huge mm-hmm. but in the meantime to keep the lights on uh pay, keep paying the bills you flip some as well and that way that brings you that pop of cash Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you want to be kind of over the next year, you want to dial in all your systems, your processes, your, uh, you know, your uh, standard operating procedures and KPIs and all that good stuff, all that jargony stuff, get that dialed right in, hand over the day-to-day management to your partner, who sounds like he's on board for doing that. And then you're looking at other business ventures that you can grow and kind of are are they going to be around real estate or are you looking at completely different things uh, completely outside of real estate? I got a mix. I got a mix of both. Um, You know, there's sounds like you got entrepreneurial ADD, my friend. Lots of us have it. That's for sure. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I, and I got a lot of skills that I bring to different things as well. Um, you know, so I, I got a really good idea for a different wholesaling business. That's kind of might be in the works in the future. Um, and then the other side of it is I believe that I can design and build um, an office coffee machine that is not on the market right now. I know what's on the market and I know it's not. So that's kind of an out there. uh, Well, not really. That's really tied in with your previous job. Well, it is. You're right. But from real estate, it's kind of, it's something different. Yeah. But it's, it's not out of, it's not out of the realm. Definitely for your skill set. You, you come from that kind of environment. Yes. Very, very cool, Cody. So what are some of the, you know, you talked about the challenges you had early days with finding investors, raising capital, and you kind of, got that figured out. What are some of the challenges you're either currently having or you foresee coming up over the next year or so as you're stabilizing and and getting everything dialed right in? So um, where we'd like to see this go is right now we're using funds on joint ventures. So, you know, we're having to give away half of, half the deal, basically, right? Half the profits and mm-hmm. What we'd like to do instead is find somebody that would loan us, say, a million dollars at interest only payments. And we would use those funds instead to continuously fund these deals. So the difference right now is that I need to find the deal and then I need to go find the joint venture partner from the list that I have that you know works with that deal and put that all together which can be a little bit more difficult than if I hey, say, I have this pocket of money. I know what we can do with this pocket of money. I know what we can make from it in a year mm-hmm. and use that. Now, would that be that that chunky cash? That sounds like that probably be more for like the flipping side of business. Is, am I understanding that correctly? So it's it works for the flip or the burrs. We definitely wouldn't use it for long-term buy and holds because yeah. we need to get the money back out, right? So, um, but it would work for both sides, the flip or the burrs. And, you know, at the end of that, say year or whatever it is, we, you know, have that in there. So we'd have to pay back a percentage or however the deal, however the deal works. But um, I know a lot of people, if they're getting those interest payments every month, I'm sure they'd be happy to continue on with that. Yeah, I know there's, there's, there are people that kind of create kind of pools of funds that they're doing that sort of stuff with. I mean, that's a big thing that a lot of mortgage brokers uh, kind of set up um, uh, a mick, uh, different things like that. Mm. One thing um, I've seen in the past, you may or may not be aware of uh, Stefan Arneo. Stefan was a uh, an amazing flipper based out of Winnipeg. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, young guy who was in his early 30s, but he was at his peak, he was flipping 40 to 50 properties a year in Winnipeg. So wow. going concern, that's for sure. Wayne definitely mm-hmm. knows who um, who Stefan was. Mm-hmm. But one of the big keys to Stefan's success is along the lines of what you're talking about. He, instead of pooling together a whole bunch of little investors with 50, 100 grand or that sort of thing, he ended up meeting one rich dude who financed the whole million and a half or 2 million bucks. It started, I think it started less than that. I think it started with 500 grand or something, but yeah, he got one guy on board instead of 15 or 20 small guys. And then that's, that's just what gave him the security to just be able to go out and just flip and flip and flip and flip and flip 
was having that one guy. So that might be now that you've got a track record, now that you've got, you know, you, you seem like you're very comfortable talking with people. You might think about going down that route of just, Hey, how can I get one guy or gal who's, who's got deep pockets to do this whole thing. Right. So yeah, just, just a thought there and lots of oil money around your neck of the woods, if I'm not mistaken. There is lots of oil money. Yeah, there is. <laughs> awesome, Cody. Well, this has been a lot of fun. If people want to connect with you, I don't like to confuse them too much. So what would be the number one place for people to get in touch with you? Um, well, Instagram or Facebook is the exact same. It's um, just search for Mighty Irish Home Investors and you'll, you'll be able to connect with me. Yeah, I love that name. Mighty Irish Home Investors. Very good. Cody, good job, my friend. Keep up the good work and and thanks for sharing your story with us. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.